everybody, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen in on our Hilco Global Smarter Perspective podcasts. As returning listeners know by now, I'm your host, Steve Katz, and if this is your first time with us, well, then welcome. We are glad you could tune in. Today, we're joined by Adam Evans, who's Executive Vice President at Hilco Receivables, and we're going to be talking about some of the key variables with a focus on consumer debt and inflation that stand to impact businesses and creditors in the new year. Um, and really beyond that as well. And we're also going to be addressing how those lenders with risk in their portfolios can approach the process of readiness in 2023, which is a critical topic of importance for all lenders, I know. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us again uh, on the podcast. Great to have you here. Steve, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so Adam, you know, there's there's a bit of debate going on right now uh, among economists and everybody's probably seen it in the news. Some say we're already in a true recession. Some say we're about to enter one. Some say there's not going to be a recession. You know, we just got some better news um, from the Fed on rates. Wherever we are and where we're headed, we're definitely in a period of uncertainty. So to kick us off, can you talk a little bit about the dynamic that's developed overall, uh, given that situation? Sure. Well, Steve, one, I have never claimed to be an economist. I've never played one on TV. I don't know that anyone would, uh, would, would put me in that camp. So, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, yes. But what I, what I will say is that, you know, you know, we see a lot of transactions and we see, you know, things that could be kind of, you know, macro indicators, um, you know, working here at Hilco and Hilco receivables. And, you know, it seems that there's a bit of a, a bit of a perfect storm, you know, on the horizon as the, as the storm clouds gather, if you, you know, you allow the, uh, the quick analogy, um, you know, as I stare out my window into the gray skies in Chicago, but it, it, it really is affecting kind of all the way through the supply chain. And, you know, if we can start at the consumer level, people have been impacted by things like very high fuel prices. All, all aspects of, of things that they're buying, you know, the prices in the last 24 months have gone up significantly. Um, if you look at a thing like household debt as a metric, right, for example, household debt is now sits at about $16.5 trillion, and that's up over $350 billion from last year. So that is the fastest increase in 15 years um, for that metric. And if we can do like a little quick math, 15 years ago, you know, from 2022, puts us in 2007. And I, you know, I was, you know, working at Hilco and around in 2007, eight, nine, and I can tell you that the economy did not do great then. And, you know, I think as you look at some of these other metrics that, um, you know, that it will point that it's not going to do great, you know, kind of next year and, and going into the future. I, I think it's obviously presenting a lot of problems um, for consumers uh, in terms of their savings level and in terms of the debt that they're racking up on credit cards, as you said, how does, how does that translate, um, into the, into the world of receivables and, um, some of the things that, um, the companies are, are grappling with right now? Yeah. I mean, when we look at receivables, you know, we look at, we look at, you know, put them in two buckets essentially, and they're pretty broad, but consumer and commercial, right? So let's, let's take consumer, you know, receivables first, Things like delin- delinquency rates have been increased. Um, you know, balances on credit cards have been you know dramatically increased. You know, people in 2020 and you know for most of 2021, you know, for the most part, we're not we're not out, right? So people were not spending money and putting things on credit cards. They you know if they were shopping, maybe they were you know buying home improvement products or doing more stuff. You know, buying things online. But 
for the most part, they were they were paying down you know their credit card balances or at least paying them on time. When you look at things now with people having one the increased pricing pressure to you know the interest rates that have gone up on these credit cards, and it really kind of affects you know the lower the lower end of that of the, of the consumer you know market first for people that are living on you know more of a narrow margin. So if they're you know buying paper towels and it went from uh, you know twelve ninety nine to twenty dollars for a twelve pack of them, that's going to be significantly impactful when when you kind of figure that into your monthly budget. Um, so those receivables, you know, traditionally, you know, at least for the last fifteen years or so, have collected out pretty regularly. You know, in in the kind of low you know, single digit, you know, kind of price range when you can buy some of this charged off consumer paper. Um, you know, I, I would imagine that that trend as some of these factors affect that, that trend, that that price is going to go up. I don't know if it goes up by, you know, five cents in a year. I don't know if it goes up by three cents, but it's, it's certainly going to put some more pressure on, on, you know, one, the firms that are collecting on those receivables and two, um, you know, the lenders that are lending money to this, to the consumer population, right? Yeah, I mean, it certainly it certainly seems like that would be the case, and I know we've seen an increase in you know in the last several years of sort of a, a new type of um, or new mix of firms that are involved in um, in in lending and issuing credit. They're you know more technology driven, the sort of fintech type company. The rates that they charge are high, which probably you know, adds more pressure to consumers. And, and I, I think they tend to market more in times when, you know, consumers are under pressure and to those consumers. So uh, I don't want to say they're, they're targets, but, you know, they, some of these people might start paying more uh, interest than typical and then have even more difficulty. How does that affect um, this sort of complexity of, um, of managing receivables for businesses and, and for, you know, companies like Hilco who assist? Sure. I mean, for for kind of for for fintech companies and, and non-traditional, you know, more technology lending companies um, as it relates to consumer consumer finance, a lot of times their their target customers are going to be individuals who probably maybe could not get you know an American Express card or couldn't go through a traditional bank to get a credit card because of because of you know FICO rating and things like that. So so they're going to be people on kind of the more subprime aspect of it, which allows them to charge the higher interest rates. But it also makes for kind of a riskier mix of assets um, and, and a riskier portfolio. Uh, a lot of these fintech companies have never been around for uh, a decade, you know, let alone you know, 15, 20 years. So maybe they haven't seen you know, a recessionary environment in their portfolio. And a lot of their diligence on the front end is not as much credit, you know, matrix oriented as, you know, into a long, you know, history of, uh, of the way that the receivables perform. It's more, you know, technology driven and, and, you know, they look for other, you know, kind of other metrics, you know, to put together these, these financing uh, packages for people. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic and it's an interesting, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how that, uh, how that affects, you know, liquidations of those portfolios and the companies that held them, you know, that hold those, a lot of them are held by big private equity funds and private credit funds. So, you know, to kind of see how those portfolios react, you know, going to the, you know, the next several years, if there is a significant downturn in the credit quality and, and, you know, liquidations of some of those, how quickly they're able to get out, you know, what they're, what the LPs think of that. Um, You know, another, another aspect of that is, is buy now, pay later. 
which mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Stephen, but if you've purchased, you know, virtually anything online now, you know, there are two buttons to check out, right? So one right, is like, exactly. you know, yeah, put, I've seen them, right? You know, let's say you're shopping for a, you know, a denim jacket, like not, you know, like size extra large, tall, and you go to, you know, check out, you know, you can put your credit card. Not that I'd be buying a denim jacket, but if I was, you can, you can put your credit card in for one hundred and thirty dollars and get it, you know, in five to seven business days, free shipping, of course, or you know, you could spread out that $130 for, you know, five months and end up you know, at a 16% interest rate and, and, and paying off. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things because you're never going to repossess that asset. So it doesn't really go that way. And, you know, it's a shorter term contract and it's, it's, you know, people who have to, you know, they want it now, but if it's really affecting them that much, you know, it's not, it's not just, you know, spreading it out for buying a uh, $60,000 mattress or something. It's for a, uh, it's, it's, you know, for more kind of standard goods. So it's, uh, it's those companies are, you know, they're also massive and massively funded. So luckily they're quicker turns on that, but I think that you're going to see cracks in those portfolios, certainly, uh, certainly soon. And once those interest rates start bubbling up, that jean jacket is going to cost a lot more, a lot more than, uh, than if you would have just paid now. Yeah. I don't know if people, I mean, I guess it's an age-old problem if people really realize, you know, what accumulates in terms of the interest on, on something like that, but I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time focusing on it because I just keep picturing it in a, in a denim jean jacket. So, you know, that's yeah, it's, it's a, sight a, to little, be- a little difficult for me right now. <laughs> uh, but that, but that aside, um, what about, you know, I'm thinking about the, the, we talked about the U S economy and um, some of these new um, forms of credit that are targeted at individuals who might otherwise not be able to obtain credit uh, in typical fashion. What about the global economy? Like, What's the effect of what's going on in the world overall, world economy, which, you know, to some degree parallels what's happening in the U.S., but a little broader. How does that factor? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kind of very newsworthy, you know, macro, you know, global economic events that are that are going on, whether it's you know, kind of um, the continuing effects of a global pandemic and shuts down, shutdowns, you know, varying country to country. You know, there's a continuing, you know, war going on in Ukraine with Russia. You know, there's still supply chain disruptions, you know, up and down, whether it's access to raw materials, whether it's things like helium or neon gas or, you know, other, you know, other things that countries around the world will manufacture are very key to manufacturing certain certain things you know like like circuit boards or you know or whatever there's still a lot of stuff going on i guess there probably always is but right now you know when, when you kind of add everything up it makes for kind of a gloomier a gloomier portrayal of that you know so the world bank puts out their growth forecast right so in 2021 you know the growth forecast from the world bank was six percent Okay, so that was halved in you know 2022 to be right around three percent. They have forecasted for 2023 to be less than less than three uh, percent, so down to 2.7 percent. So it's it's trending. You know, their 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 growth forecast is not trending to uh, significant growth, right? So it's gone from uh, you know six percent to uh, you know low single digits percent, and that's uh, that, that that's going to have a lot of uh, um, a lot of repercussions throughout. A lot of the world, not just, you know, in the U.S. or China or kind of like fully developed nations, but in countries that are still, you know, just getting tissue paper for the first time ever. So it's uh, right. it's going to have significant impact. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, you know, that's a big, a big dip and um, things may be in more of a you know, stagnation mode for a while, I, I suppose. 
so it is a pretty imposing picture. And, you know, given all of that, what thoughts do you have for businesses and creditors who, you know, many of whom clearly have increased risk right now? You know, I would say like saying like, you know, saying no, like K-N-O-W before saying N-O, no, on, on some of this stuff is going to be is going to be important, right? So understanding, you know, kind of what your actual risk level is by by having a clear picture of what your portfolio looks like and what what is the the kind of liquidation of that, you know, portfolio. And it could be consumer credit card debt, it could be commercial trade receivables in a liquidation, it could be, you know, machinery equipment or inventory, but like really understanding what kind of the downside risk is for whatever asset that is is extremely important. And whether that's, you know, contacting Hilco to get appraisals done of you know, receivables portfolios or any other asset that you have, or, you know, just kind of, you know, monitoring, monitoring the stuff closely, right? Because you can, you know, kind of see these trends and see the way that they're impacting your portfolio by pretty diligent monitoring, right? So if it's inventory, for example, you can look at, you know, inventory mixes and say, okay, do we have enough, you know, widgets to fix, you know, or to manufacture whatever this is, you know, it's looking at, you know, trends from your consumer receivables portfolio and saying, okay, you know, as unemployment does this, how does this going to affect it? You know, so it's, it's really kind of diligent, you know, monitoring of those portfolios and then understanding, you know, the downside risk. Right. And as the, and as the lender staying close to that, remaining in close communication with the borrower, making sure you, you understand the nuances, all that I would imagine is, is really critical too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only am I not an economist, but I'm not a, I'm not a lender. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that kind of communication and just really understanding, understanding their business to the best you can and understanding what your, what your exposure is to their, you know, to the specific asset is, is key. Yep. Yep. Well, listen, given that you're not an economist and you're not a lender, uh, put, put a denim jacket, uh, you know, <laughs> and you're wearing a denim jacket. Uh, you, you shared some pretty important um, and I think really relevant thoughts um, on, you know, receivables and sort of the risk within the, this financial climate. So that couldn't be better time for listeners. I uh, really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, and hopefully you'll come back soon with uh, some more info, maybe at the later in the first quarter of the year. Give us a little update. Steve, that would be fantastic. Hopefully I'm, uh, I'm wrong and, you know, everything corrects and it's like, uh, you know, the sun comes out and, uh, you know, everything's rosy, but, you know, I'll be, I'll be back either way for sure. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, listen, if, um, if people who are listening in today want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Absolutely. So, um, you know, phone or email, my phone, um, cell phone, 310-795-1217. And my email is a Evans a e v a n s at hilco global h i l c o g l o b a l dot com. All right, Adam. Well, thanks again, and listeners. As always, we hope that this Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And one last thing, please remember that you can always check out more great podcasts and articles featuring timely insights from Hilco experts such as Adam uh, at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspective. So until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz. Thank you.